0: Are you a professional woman who wants to create passive income streams and financial freedom through real estate investing? Join us here on Real Estate Investor Goddesses, hosted by Monique Holm. Listen to women who are rocking it in real estate investments as they share their stories of success, failures, and best advice in real estate investing. Start creating real wealth through real estate. Tune in today. Here's your host, real estate investor, syndicator, and
1: developer, Monique Com. Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Hom. On this show, we interview incredible, badass real estate investor goddesses, women that are crushing it in the real estate investing space. And my guest today is certainly no exception. I'm super excited to have with me Dani Greiner, At the age of 19, Janie began investing in real estate, and by the age of 30, she owned well over 100 units of income-producing assets. Now, she's a full-time investor, and she believes that business growth and success lies in strategic and effective partnerships. She became financially free at the age of 30, yay, and now Hmm. she teaches people to do the same, like soul sister, (laughs) she's the co-founder, CEO, and president of Womenji Properties, Inc., JK's Real Estate Partners, and STR Properties, Inc. And I am super excited to have her with me. Welcome, Janie. Oh,
0: thank you so much, Monique. What a pleasure to be here.
1: It's a pleasure to have you. We were talking a little bit before we started recording, but you started as a... I mean, you're a nurse, you were saying. You're off to the Arctic tomorrow (laughs) to to start (laughs) nursing and to help there. It's like how did you get started in real estate?
0: That's a good question. Yeah. So I got started. So 14 years ago, I, I was 19, but it basically just fell on my lap. So I had just graduated from nursing school. And at that point I had just a commitment from the hospital that were basically committing to give me full-time hours. And that's the only thing I had to buy that first piece of real estate, my first house. And that was back in Canada. So I am Canadian and I did that in Canada. So I had just graduated got myself my first house that was so 14 years ago it was an almost no money down situation and i got started that way did a lot of mistakes trusted you know the wrong people lost some money and uh, but i learned i learned <laughs> and then started again i bought the second property i was 24 and continuing just to work as a nurse so i don't know how it is in the us when it comes down to um buying conventional with conventional mortgages but in Canada, definitely nursing was one of those things where just banks were throwing money at us. So it was very easy to get into property uh, then. Well, my goal was, I've always loved real estate. I remember when I was a child, I was, I dreamt that I owned the island of Montreal, which uh, is well, Montreal is in Quebec. And that's where I'm from originally. So I it, it had always been a, like a natural progression. I've always been nerdy in terms of money and investments. I always knew that time and interest was your friend. So when all of my friends were going out partying, I was, you know, looking to the equivalent of GICs in Canada's RRSPs. I was just looking at all these fun investment vehicles to put your money in and investment and real estate was no different. So that's uh, how I got started. I've always wanted to get started in real estate, which I did at an early age. And then my goal was I wanted to basically buy one house every five years And by the time I was going to be, uh, say, 55, I was going to be able to pay off or sell that first house, buy myself an RV. I love traveling. So I was going to just live off of the cash flow and do that. So every five years, I was going to buy a new house. By the time I'm 55, retire, sell off the first one and just buy myself that RV. Well, you went a lot faster
1: than that. So
0: (laughs) I did, I did. So how did you
1: you do that?
0: Well, so professionally, I am a registered nurse and I do have a, a specialty in primary care. And especially in remote areas. So, basically, my specialty is outpost nursing. I work in the Arctic, so in the Canadian Arctic with our Aboriginal people of Canada. And it's spending a lot of time away from family. The pay is great, but I'm away nine, 10 months a year. And I quickly realized that I just didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. And buying five properties in my lifetime was just not going to get me that life that I wanted. So, as I was getting educated on the real estate topic and surrounding myself by, investors, I quickly realized that there was a better way to do it. And since I just didn't want to be a nurse full-time, I pivoted and questioned myself, okay, if I don't want to be a nurse full time, what am I going to do now? Right. So I decided to uh, invest in,
1: uh, in U.S. real estate. Okay. So you've been investing in the U.S. And tell me how you went from, like, did you start doing multifamily? How did you scale so big? Well, first,
0: in Canada, the cap rates are really low. So when I did decide to really put a lot of time and effort into real estate, we quickly realized that it's not in Canada that we were going to be able to do that. Prices are really high. The down payments are extremely I mean, You have to put down 25% to 35% on a property in Canada when it's a rental property. And prices are just really, really expensive. So when we said, okay, let's get started in real estate, I went to a, an event here in Canada, someone, it was a Canadian investing Canadians, how to invest in U S real estate. And it just blew my mind. The opportunities in the U S was just incredibly sexy to me compared to what it was in in Canada. So there I saw that it was just the whole other world. There was so much opportunities in the U S and so why not get started there? So we looked at different States. We took about a year to really look at our options where are we going to invest? Because for us, it's not our backyard. So it didn't matter if we were investing in Florida or Ohio or wherever, really. What made sense was, is it a landlord friendly state? So that was one criteria. The other one was, yeah. uh, where can we get more bang for a buck and the best returns on investments? And is it a place where there's a strong rental demand was basically our criterias. And yeah. we found Ohio, that's where we got started.
1: Okay, beautiful. And are you in single families mostly or... Yeah, we started
0: single families and then did the Burr model, the buy, rehab, renovates. We did that a couple of times. Then we went mm-hmm. to do the small multifamilies and mm-hmm. now we do mobile home parks.
1: Okay, love it. And so, you know, going from Canada to the U.S., we've had a few Canadian goddesses come and share with us. What are some of the things that you have to think about as a Canadian that maybe a U.S. investor might not? Like taxes or other things? What are some of the things that, as a Canadian, that you have to think about?
0: Great question. For starters, how you buy the real estate and what type of entity. So in the U.S., of course, the LLCs is something that most investors use. If we use an LLC in Canada, it can be double taxed taxation. So basically, that's a huge problem. And there's a lot of real estate companies that come to Canada teaching Canadians how to invest in the U.S., but the first thing they tell them is just go out and open an LLC, which is the number one problem, which, you know, if yeah. it's not set up right, will cause double tax- taxation. So that's a huge problem. The
1: other you thing is limited partnerships. Exactly. Uh, yeah, a C-Corp. So
0: the C-Corp becomes a general partner to limited partnerships. And that's a flow through entity that's recognizing Canada. So that's not a problem. There's that. The other thing is financing, which could be a big problem if you're not looking at the right place. So there are asset-based lenders out there, as you probably know, and some of them do work with foreign nationals, which is great. But often their minimum criteria is a lot higher than for U.S. residents. So for instance, on a single family home, they don't really lend on anything that has a value of less than $100,000. So if you're investing in those lower income properties, say in Cleveland, where we're at, you can buy duplex, triplex for $30,000, $50,000. But there's no way to get your money back out if you wanted to refinance or anything of that sort. So that's something to think about.
1: That means you've had to go to the higher end homes in order to do it? Or how are you financing?
0: We had to be strategic. So we had to be in suburbs of Cleveland where property values were 100000 and more. But the same the same principles apply. You never want to buy you know, over market value. You still want to buy with that 30%. Yeah, so that's, that's all the same. But for us, it's even more so because most of our lenders will only finance 65% of its value. So if you really want to do a perfect burr, you want to get your money out, all of it, you have to be all in for about 65% of its
1: market value. All right. So then you had to find the market that had enough margin in order to make it worthwhile. So good. So, and this is something that a lot of our listeners are going to be wondering about because even if you're in the U S and are investing in a different market, like like I learned from my mentor, you live where you want to live, you invest where the numbers make sense, but it's really important to have a very good team on the ground, unless you're living there and doing the work that will help you do it. So how did you find your team that's helping you do this investing?
0: Right. Other great question. A lot by trial and error. So We spent our weekends in Ohio, in Cleveland. So we would just drive down from Ottawa and spend our weekends there. And uh, as much as we could, we're allowed six months a year in the US under a tourist visa. So although we're not allowed to work, we are allowed to just be in the US for that amount of time, as much as we could. We were there building our team, finding property manager, project manager, contractor. And to be honest, we hit a lot of walls.
1: Yeah. Teams are everything. Okay. So... That is so good. I'm so impressed. So you've been in Cleveland and growing and you're in mobile home parks now. That's amazing. So let me, let me ask you a question. It's the question that I ask all of my guests. And I think that there's so much, that's where you find the gold. What was your biggest mistake and what did you learn from it? We always learn so much more from when the mistakes we do when things go right. So what was your biggest mistake?
0: Oh, there's, uh, there's quite a few for sure. But I think one of my biggest mistakes, especially in the beginning, was taking advice from people who weren't doing the business or weren't where I wanted to be. So that's like people that loved us, uh, our family and friends that really cared for us. But ultimately, they imposed their, self, like their self-limiting beliefs on us and th- fear of failures. And at first, I believed them. So for, even if I was young, when I started investing in the U.S., uh, I was, I think, 24, 25 Their beliefs on us, and I kind of stopped and believed them. So I would probably be more ahead if I would have just shrugged them off and believed that I could. But you know, you just don't when you're not sure of yourself. And what did I learn from that? Well, I definitely learned that family and friends, although they love you very much and they care for you, if they're not doing what you want to do in life, then you nitpick what's good and bad. And uh, basically, my husband and I, we secluded ourselves for two years because we knew that this was something that we wanted. But because they discouraged us from doing it in the past, we just didn't want that to affect us anymore. So we just decided to get just two years, seclude ourselves, really learn the business, surround ourselves with people that are actually doing it, and then go from there. Then I had the conviction that we were able to continue
1: the business and really thrive in this space. That's good advice. Such a good learning. And that's so true. Don't take advice from people who are not doing what you want to do, most or I'm the life you want to live. Like it's yeah, they, it doesn't mean they don't love you. It's just, but if you want to create something, then take advice from people who are actually doing it. Exactly. That's so good. And what are you most proud of?
0: As a woman, it is a space of men, so I'm definitely extremely proud that I'm the CEO of all our three companies and. Definitely very, very proud that I retired before the age of 30. But more importantly, I think what I'm most proud of is really taking control of my life back and living life on my terms. Because before that, people were just throwing their limits on me and not knowing any better. I was taking it and living the life that I thought was a normal life, but I was not happy in that life. I kept asking myself, is this it? Is this it? There must be more to life than that. And there's so many stories out there of people that were not born from a rich family and who made it. Why couldn't I? So definitely taking control back of my life and uh, living the life that we designed for ourselves. That's what I'm most proud of.
1: I love that. And where do you see yourself going? So you're already like in your early 30s. You've retired yourself. You've created financial freedom. You have over 100 units. So what do you see yourself going? What's your big goal?
0: (laughs) So in our three companies, so the first company is an acquisitions company. That's where we buy the mobile home parks with partners and whatnot. In that company, we're looking at syndication or crowdfunding. So we've been exploring that option. We've been exploring syndication for probably two years, but from the US perspective, now what we came across was that since we're actually raising capital from Canada, there's other laws in there. So we're actually looking at the laws and bylaws in Canada, raising capital in Canada to invest in the U.S. It's just another ballgame that we weren't thinking about at first. So that's where we're at right now for our our acquisitions company. Our short-term rental management company, that one, I mean, we've expanded from Canada to the U.S. So right now with COVID might not be uh, the best time to invest in short-term rentals, but it's definitely a great model that we enjoy very much. And then our third company, JK's Real Estate Partners that you mentioned in the beginning, that's an educational company. And that's really cool because we're growing that one a lot. A lot of Canadians are coming to us to ask for training, for advice. We decided that we wanted to basically help as much, you know, as many Canadians as we, as we could. So we've been growing that, allowing free trainings and then workshops, coaching one-on-one or group coaching. So we've been growing that side of the business, which is really cool. So that's where we're at. And now we're just looking to continue buying and growing and helping as many people as we
1: can. I love it. To what do you attribute your success? Hmm,
0: it's a good question. For sure, my husband. I'll have to say that it's the teamwork. He's the type of person that really is, failure is not an option. And I'm more the spark, the energy, the ideas. And then together we create just a wonderful team. So i say my husband, our business partnership, the teamwork that we have, and that all ties in with our mindsets, our openness. You know, we took action on our goals. We don't have limiting beliefs and we've surrounded ourselves really with the right people and we keep growing that network. And above all, I think we had a burning desire to succeed and to prove to the world that you can do anything that you want to do if you put in the time and the action to accomplish what you want. And so no matter the background that you come from, anybody can do it.
1: I love that. So great. I also work with my husband and it's magical when you have that business partner, like your love partnership is also your business partnership. So what advice do you have for a woman who's just starting out in this field? as you said, it's very male dominated. So what advice do you have?
0: I have three that I thought about. The first one would be that know that you can 100% any woman can do this business. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Any woman can do this. So first of all, I think would be believing that you can. That would be my first step. The second one that I thought about was get yourself an accountability partner, someone that will actually encourage you and help you on your journey. So whether that person is a friend or a partner, but they have to have the same vision as you. So it's really, really important that that person will have the mindset that failure is not an option. It could be a mentor, it could be a coach, but no matter what happens, that person will not tell you to quit when the going gets hard. And the third one would be basically taking the emotions out of the investments. That it's an it's a numbers. numbers.
1: <laughs> I learned <laughs> yeah. that at the very beginning. <laughs> That's really good advice. Yeah. We get sometimes we we get really excited about a property. It's like this is not the property yeah. you can live in. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Don't think of it like your home. That's this right. This is an investment property. Very different, very different criteria. All right. So I have one question before we get into our Trinity, but what do you wish you'd known at the beginning that you now know? Mm.
0: I was very naive in the beginning or maybe enthusiastic to think that everybody around is good people. Like there's no bad people in this world. When you start dealing with money, you tend to figure out that there's bad people in the business too. So I think that what I would have liked to know is just trust, but verify. You need to look at the people that you're working with and, and do due diligence properly, and don't just trust everybody with your money. Because if you don't have a close enough eye on your pocket, someone else will. Whether that be you know partners or contractors or property managers, not everybody's good, and not everybody has your best interest at heart. So
1: I think that would yeah, be good. that's really really good. Okay, before we get into the Trinity, where can people find out more about you and get in so,
0: touch? Great. Right. So my uh, website, that would be the easiest choice. So that's www.nowfortomorrow.club or by email info at nowfortomorrow.club or again by Facebook. So facebook.com forward slash nowfortomorrowclub and the four is
1: F-O-R. Okay. Nowfortomorrow.club. All right. So it's time for our famed end of show oh. trinity, which is a brag, a gratitude and a desire. What's your brag? What's one thing you're celebrating? So
0: when we got started, we knew we wanted to travel the world. And when we built our business plan, we did everything that we could to build this business remotely so that we could do it either from Canada where we live or from anywhere in the world. So that's, that's number one. But because of that, we have been able to travel two to three months a year. And this year was really special because my husband and I actually got married so we took a two and a half month oh, yeah. honeymoon. Thank you. And we took a two and a half month honeymoon or what we like to call a working moon in Thailand. So it was it was really a great time to travel and really just enjoy living life on our terms.
1: Well brag. Both of the the, the lifestyle design, the travel yes. to Thailand and the wedding. So yes. well brag. Okay, what's one thing you're grateful for? Teamwork
0: makes the, the dream work. So for sure my husband and and my team. Yeah, very grateful for them.
1: Beautiful. And last but not least, what's one desire? Well,
0: it'll sound maybe strange, but I'm really looking forward to come live in the U.S. (laughs) So getting our investor visas will really facilitate our lives. So, you know, not having a limit on the amount of time that we're in the U.S. and also be able to work a little bit as we're there. Because right now we're just, you know, we can just be there and observe. We can interview a bunch of people, but we can't really do work. So definitely um, getting our investor visas and we've just started that process.
1: Well, so shall your desire be or so much better than you can imagine. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. That was so fun. I love their conversations. So y'all, you can connect with Janie at www.nowfortomorrow.club or at info at nowfortomorrow.club or on Facebook at Now Now for Tomorrow Club. And you can connect with me at reigoddesses.com. There you can find out about all of our events that are happening mostly now virtually (laughs) because (laughs) of of COVID, but we have some really awesome summits and things that we're doing as well. Our investor club where you can find out um, now you can get on our list and access passive investing opportunities and just join our sisterhood. So find me at reigoddesses.com and also please subscribe and comment and show love to the podcast and share it with your friends and join us next time for another amazing real estate investor goddess interview.
0: Oh, Bye-bye. thank you so much. Thank you, Monique. And thank you for hosting this podcast. Really, this is a wonderful sisterhood, like you call it. Women need to know that they can do this business. So thank you for hosting this.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. You have just listened to another
0: episode of Real Estate Investor Goddesses, a show dedicated to sharing stories of women creating real wealth through real estate. If you found value on what you just heard, feel free to share with your friends. Visit us at reigoddesses.com to learn more about our programs and live events, as well as to access other resources.
1: Until next time.